there, this is Grace O'Brien on the campus of Huntington University. You're listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people and topics that matter to the Forrester family. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted, and you can also catch Rooted Thursday evenings at 7 on 105.5 WQHU. Today, I'm joined with Dr. Emberton, who is the president of Huntington University. Dr. Emerton, thank you for joining me. What I'm going to be asking about is about the uh, bluegrass band you mentioned at a chapel last year. Wondering exactly what it was like, because bluegrass, I'm guessing, comes from more the southern region of the United States. So I'm just wondering if there was any influence from growing up there with starting the band and everything. Well, you might be surprised, Gracie, that um, actually the person, he's dead now, but they call him the king of bluegrass, Bill Monroe, is an Indiana boy. So actually, bluegrass um, probably originates from the Appalachia area that stretches all the way up to Pennsylvania, down through um, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio. Um, so it, yes, it would be a music more of rural people in mm-hmm. that um, it's a lot of stringed instruments um, that you don't need electricity to amplify or to be able, you can tune them yourself. You don't have to have a specialist to come in and tune it like you would a piano or another uh, type of instrument. So it is definitely music of the people and probably... Um, has had um, some modernization. For example, um, you probably had bluegrass and then probably country music kind of parallels it, but country music uses a lot more electrified instruments. Mm -hmm. Um, It also um, parallels folk music. So bluegrass was very popular in the 60s and early 70s because a lot of the young people listened to folk music. And so bluegrass and folk music all used acoustical instruments and a lot of narratives and songs that told stories. And then it kind of saw a resurgence in the 90s and early 2000. A lot of professional people um, used played bluegrass music kind of as a um, relief from their high stress jobs. So you would see a lot of that. There were even some bands that were um, Washington politicians that played in those bands. And so it's kind of reinvented itself many times, but I think when you most closely think about what is at the heart of bluegrass music, it would be a guitar, a banjo, a mandolin, uh, a bass guitar, which would be a stand-up bass that you might um, thump it with your fingers is what what they would refer to. Uh, It might include a fiddle or it might include um, other instruments that you would more naturally associate with um, mountain music or rural America music. Got it. So were you, was the band that you were a part of, was it uh, through your uh, family and like did um, your faith affect any of the kind of music that you would play or is it just overall kind of christian folky music? <laughs> well, it may be all the above, Grace. <laughs> uh, there are some bands 
who are bluegrass bands that only do gospel music or Christian music. Mm -hmm. There are some bands that only do secular music, but most bluegrass bands do a combination of both. Because again, when you think of mountain music, folk music, rural music, usually that is more family-based music. So many times they would have roots in a, a, a Christian theme or a Christian thought or a biblical passage. Um, I think our family would, you would say, was probably half and half our band, music selections that we chose. Um, we sang a lot of harmony music, which meant that different people sang different parts at the same time. And so a lot of the gospel songs have a lot of great harmony parts in it. And so that was kind of more prevalent sometimes. But our group name was The Amazing Grass which was a play off of the work, the song Amusing, um, excuse me, Amazing Grace. And mm -hmm. then the fact that we play bluegrass music. So it's kind of after your name a little bit. Uh, so that's how we came up with Amazing Grass. So I guess you could say by even our name, we, we were pretty obvious that we would play um, at least a, a nice selection of gospel music in there. Music in there. So what role or instrument did you uh, play. I started off playing the mandolin, which is a eight string instrument. It's really four strings double. Uh, so it's an eight string instrument, um, A, B, I don't know, I have to think about G, A, C, D uh, would be the main strings. And uh, it was easy to play. It was light. I was probably 11 or 12. And so it was easy for me to learn to play. I ended up playing also guitar and then I can play some stand-up bass. Do you know that if your parents or like extended family had like any recording or any sort of maybe even like record or something of your band? Well, my dad died quite a while ago so I don't have any of his recordings left. Um, seems like I have one of our recordings somewhere but I don't have them here with me in Indiana. Did any like specific maybe concert or trip help you and your family grow in faith? Well, I guess the whole experience helped us grow in faith. We, um, several summers, probably at least three summers, from the time I was out of school till the time we started school, I traveled with my family. Um, we had a motor home and we traveled in that and we stopped. At that time, a lot of bluegrass, it still is true today, a lot of bluegrass music was played at festivals, like big music festivals. And mm -hmm. so we would travel to Kentucky or we would travel to um, Texas or New Mexico or different states, Oklahoma, and we would play at those bluegrass festivals. So we spent a lot of time together and uh, grew both in our family and our faith. While you were on the road and everything, is there anything that has affected you more as a person? Well, I think if I had one takeaway from that whole experience, <clears throat> it would be that my family was very hospitable to other people. And so it was very common for us to stop at a festival and for us to fix a lot of food for other people and invite people to come and eat and participate. Um, 
I got to see my dad be somebody who really was inviting and welcoming to other people. So he taught me how to make friends and how to be a friend. Uh, he and my stepmom both were uh, really involved in that. Um, I can't remember if I saw this, but who all was in the band? Because you mentioned yourself and your mom, your stepmom and your dad. And we were kind of the nucleus. We were always in the band, but the other band members were constantly changing. We hired, um, we either hired or had other people that played instruments that played with us. So a couple of, um, a couple of years, we had two gentlemen from New Mexico that traveled with us. Um, we had a banjo player that traveled with us from Florida. We would have people that played at different times with us. So the other parts kind of changed, but the vocals, uh, which my dad and my stepmom and I did, we were pretty constant throughout all those years. But later on, my little sister joined us and she was a lot more talented than me, Grace. She could play anything and she's a real good singer. So she played with us for, oh, I don't know, probably three or four years. And then when I um, finished college and went on to work, she played with them more. Mm -hmm. um, how much younger is your little sister? She is 19 years younger than me. My freshman year in college, Suzette was born. Oh, so is there like an, sorry, random side note. Is there an S thing with the kids? No. Because you're Sherilyn, she, you so that she's like Suzette? No, there's not, but I will tell you, uh, you gotta promise not to tell my sister. I don't think we've ever officially told her that when I was little, we had a dog named Suzette <laughs> and daddy <laughs> loved that dog. So when he had a baby girl, he named her Suzette. <laughs> I don't know if Suzette knows that or not. Her first name is really Amy, Amy Suzette, but I know that Suzette was our dog. Nowadays, do you ever, uh, continue to play bluegrass or? I used to play a lot, Grace. Um, I played quite a bit when I lived in Texas and I played a little bit in Tennessee when I was working up there. Um, since I have gotten uh, up here, I don't play as much. I still have my mandolin, but I just don't play as much. First of all, not a lot of other people play. And secondly, it's like anything else. If you don't play, you don't practice. You don't remember how to play. Do you listen to bluegrass? I listen to it on a um, satellite radio has a great bluegrass station. So I listen to it and I still have some uh, artists that I listen to. And, uh, but I like all kinds of music. I'm guilty uh, of all of it. What's your favorite kind of music? Oh. <laughs> It really depends, like, um, just for cleaning, you know, the random music, there's a bunch of video game parody um, artists I listen to, and then studying is Gregorian chant. Well, I want to thank you for uh, spending the time or letting me uh, interview you, and I was wondering if maybe you had any closing remarks or anything you want to end with? Well, Grace, I would just say that I would encourage um, you and anyone that possibly might listen to your interview to understand that music is 
one of the most individual things that you can enjoy. There are so many different kinds and so many different ways for you to express yourself through music. I think sometimes we think because we don't play an instrument or maybe we don't sing very well, or maybe we don't keep rhythm, whatever, we limit ourselves in thinking that we can't enjoy music, but that's really not true. Um, you don't have to be able to produce music to enjoy music. And like you were talking about, you use music as a learning tool. It's, a, it's an aid that helps you learn things. Um, music has historically always been that. People have learned to do a lot of things because of music. Uh, and so um, I would just encourage anyone who's listening to not be limited by their likes or dislikes. There's music that you will find that you like. And don't be afraid to listen to new music. Um, it's amazing sometimes how people discover, you were talking about Gregorian chants, people discover that and all of a sudden they say that, wow, this is great. I don't know where I, how I missed this. Or somebody for the first time discovers opera and uh, gets beyond what they don't know uh, to what uh, to learn what they do so i just think music is an opportunity to unite people and to encourage you to learn so thank you for this opportunity thank you dr umberton for joining me on this episode rooted and thank you for listening make sure you subscribe to rooted on itunes google play and spotify and remember you can listen to forster radio over the air in huntington on 105.5 wqhu or by listening and visiting our website, foresterdigital.net.